and a mouse keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Everybody and welcome to episode 215 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jim. I may be joined by Brandon in a little bit. I'm not sure. We're kind of throwing this episode together. If you did listen to our spotlight that came out on Tuesday this week, the one that had Wolverine number five in it, I ended up telling everybody that on Tuesday morning, I ended up getting pesticide in my eye trying to kill crickets down here. In my basement, the Black Mold Studios, which I have returned to to record in. And so I was having a lot of problems. I, I couldn't open my right eye. And even when I tried, the any sort of light ended up giving me a migraine headache. So we ended up planning on doing a three-book podcast. But we ended up just doing the spotlight with Wolverine with the promise of coming back on Wednesday with a bigger podcast, which is this one, but in the meantime, Brandon is busy. His wife is working tonight, so I may end up doing this myself, but you will end up seeing. We'll end up seeing how it goes, but it's also something where I told Brandon, and we're at episode 215. We've had a bunch of episodes. We have changed things now and again. We've moved some days that the podcast comes out, things like that. And I think I'm going to make another change. Now, we end up having two podcasts a week, the X-Men show and then this regular big podcast. And I want it to be a little bigger. And I don't mean just length. I'm talking more about importance, right? I want to have more books on it, whether or not we go ad nauseum about them. It's not going to be a six-hour podcast. I promise that. But I do want to talk about more books. And I do want to talk about more books as they come out. We end up doing our show on Tuesday night, and then the new books come out the next day. So when people go to listen, it's already a week behind. It seems like maybe you're like, yeah, I read those already. I listened to some things already. So I would like to do some of the newer things. So I think that from here on out, and it just kind of happened with this show coming out on a Wednesday night, I think that we might shift the big podcast to Wednesday night and end up talking about most of the books that come out, most of the regular books. I'll still, again, have my X-Men show as a separate deal, but I do want to talk more books on the show, try to cover almost every book that comes out. Now, with that, Brandon doesn't read every book. I'm going to force him as new number ones come out to read those, but when there are books that he's not reading, say even the Star Wars books that he'll never read, I will do those on my own or possibly have some other guest hosts join me. But I want to have more books. I want it to be something where you can go and get whatever books you want, all the books, whatever. But you can tune in and keep up with the most of the line. I keep saying most because I know there's going to be some things that fall in the cracks and things like that. But especially the big book stuff going on now to do that. We're going to have to do a little bit of work before next Wednesday. This will be the start of it. But to do all of that, get caught up for next Wednesday to kind of kick off the whole deal, we'll probably have a bunch of shows this week. 
And it may be me, maybe me and Brandon, maybe Brandon by himself, who knows? Maybe Eric Shea will come back. I don't know. That'd be crazy, right? But yeah, I think that you will end up having a couple shows this week that will get us all caught up with what we need to catch up with. And then boom, next Wednesday, boom, we end up having the new books come out. Me and Brandon get together. You can listen whenever, but if you want to listen Wednesday night after reading your books, whatnot, I think that that would be a pretty cool thing to do. Get a little more topical, a little more in tune as the books come out and have more and more and more stuff. Though I promise again, it's not going to be an hour each review and then we end up having a nine hour podcast. I know that some people like that, but a lot of people are turned off by it. So I'm not planning on this being more than, say, an hour and a half long, if not between an hour and an hour and a half, where I think that that is a nice length. But we're going to go tonight here. I'm going to talk a bunch of books as we catch up. We're going to talk about stuff like Captain Marvel number 21, Empire Aftermath Avengers number one, Magnificent Miss Marvel number 14, and whatever I can fit in before I end up going to bed. This is going to be a marathon, though, again, not that long. I'm always tired, so I can go to bed at any time. But let me tell you, in this extended intro where you can find us all around, we're on the Internet. You ever hear of that? The Internets? We are on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. The WS stands for Weird Science. And if you follow us, we'll follow you back. And then you can talk to me and tell me what you think about us talking about more books or what books you, we haven't talked about that you're really enjoying, things like that. We also have a website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where we review most of the books that come out each week, not just reviews by me, not reviews by Brandon, he bailed, but a bunch of other really, really good reviewers. That's why, you know, not just me, there's actually good reviewers out there, right? Yeah! And we also have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can go and support us for all of these podcasts. Also, the idea that when you do sign up, we have a ton of exclusive shows that you can end up listening to as well. Such things as comic news podcasts that I do each week. Each month, I do a solicits podcast when the Marvel solicits come out. I have a Marvel events podcast where right now, because of the untimely death of Chadwick Boseman, I am going through the first two appearances of Black Panther in Fantastic Four, and I'll be doing the second issue this month. We also have a Silver Age podcast. We have a Villains podcast. We have a So Bad It's Good podcast where I... Talk about stuff that's just completely awful, but it's kind of funny to talk about. We have a bunch of DC stuff, and this past week, I even started an indie comics podcast where each week I'm going to talk about two or three indie books and go into that also. A manga podcast and a cartoon podcast. I just can keep going on and on. We have a lot of podcasts. We have a lot of stuff that we do. So if you enjoy listening to us talk here on the Marvel Podcast, or if you also listen to the DC Comics Podcast, it's something that you can check out. But I always do mention that every Wednesday night, we also have a Patreon spotlight, two books picked by the highest levels, the bad butts of the Get Fresh Crew, Beep Boop, and they picked two pretty big books this week over here at Marvel. Me and Brandon will be talking about Iron Man number one and Amazing Spider-Man, The Sins of Norman Osborn. Number one. So if you want to hear me and Brandon talk about that, 
for those, you have to go over to the Patreon and subscribe for those. But I'm going to get into the shows. I'm kind of fired up. I'm kind of getting a little inspired. And I always have to change things up a teeny bit to keep my interest level and get me inspired because I do have an awful attention span. I, I have to end up you know, doing things like this just to trick myself into getting inspired. So I hope that it actually tricks you as well and we could all be inspired together. So here we go in talking about, I believe I will talk about Captain Marvel number 21. Captain Marvel number 21, Accused Part 4, written by Kelly Thompson, pencils by Corey Smith, inks by Adriana Di Benedetto, colors by Tamara Bonvillone, who blocks us, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, blocked we are. Captain Marvel is now the supreme accuser of the Kree-Skrull Alliance and a key part of the new Empire's fight against the alien Kotati. Between battles, Emperor Hulkling ordered Captain Marvel to track down a Kree soldier accused of the massacring a Kree-Skrull sanctuary city. But the Universal Weapon revealed that the accused is none other than Captain Marvel's own half-sister, Lori L., Claims she is innocent, so Carol brought her to Earth and left her there to lie low while Carol sought answers. Unsure of herself and the hammer, Carol enlisted Dr. Strange to split the weapon, granting a piece each to War Machine, Hazmat, and Spider-Woman. Together, the accusers discovered that an old enemy, Wastrel, orchestrated the entire attack and framed Lori L. And pretty much Wastrel picked the wrong person to frame, it seems. With Wastrel and Change, the accusers needed back in space. But on Earth, the Kotati are running rampant. Now they've kidnapped Kit Renner, Carol's young neighbor. Lori L. tracked Kit to the Brooklyn Botanical Garden, which would not be where you want to be during a Kotati invasion, but she's facing an impossible horde of Kotati. Time for Captain Marvel and her accuser core to assemble. And then it says, note, this issue opens with events preceding those of Empire Number 4. That is the kind of deal where you have to have Captain Marvel get a little bit of time to do this and then Carol can go off, which she does during this issue to get back to the main whole Empire story. And this ends up being an issue that pretty much resets most things, though. I do like Lori L. I do like her being the accuser. I saw some people were upset because they wanted Carol to continue being the accuser, but that would probably, you know, pretty much pigeonhole the stories then that Kelly Thompson wanted to tell. And I would hate to think that the book ended up getting pretty much hijacked because of the whole Empire deal to, you know, take a left turn and tell the stories maybe that Kelly Thompson wasn't ready to tell or wanted to tell. So having Lori L., the half-sister of Carol, being the Cree accuser, it's cool in my mind because then she can come back. She can have problems at some point and come back. Or if Carol needs the accuser, she can call on her half-sister. And I think that Kelly Thompson actually has done a really cool job in creating this whole accuser, Lori L. It's almost like in this book, a lot of people don't seem to be reading Captain Marvel, but you ended up having Star come from this book. And I liked Star, though the miniseries wasn't the greatest, but... I like L'Oreal as well. So Kelly Thompson is doing good work here at the Captain Marvel deal. And I like this as a tie-in to Empire. A lot of times when you have a book tying into an event like this, you end up having it just for 
the people who are into the event. So if you're reading Empire, oh, I'll read Captain Marvel. But if you ended up being a Captain Marvel fan and you were reading Captain Marvel, you feel, again, like your book has been hijacked. And so I think that Kelly Thompson did a pretty cool deal of having a personal story for Carol. You even have this where you end up having this accuser core, which is cool. I really like it. Yeah, you end up getting Doctor Strange to split the hammers deal. And it's a little wonky a bit, but I did like it. And it ends up being the characters that Carol, you know, her friends. And so I do like that, including what is kind of her boyfriend, Rhodey. So I I did like that. Now, this last issue kind of doesn't have a ton to do because most of the big things have already happened. You already have Wastrel. He's already in chains on the ship waiting to end up being on trial, things like that. And so what you end up having is the Kotadi attacking. You have Kit that is kidnapped. You end up having L'Oreal go off to do and save her. In the meantime, then you have the Accuser Corps and Carol show up as well as they are beating the crap out of the Kotati. Well, while this is going on, you end up Jessica first saying, oh man, I feel a little weird. I think that that Dr. Strange spell, it's wearing off. I didn't know there was a time limit to the Accuser core. Well, there is. And they end up where all the power goes back into the hammer. You end up having the Accuser core no more. They're just their regular selves as Carol is getting attacked by a bunch of Kotati and the hammer falls. Now, with this, you end up Lori L looking at the hammer, looking, deciding what should I do? Because you end up while Carol is being overtaken by Kotati, you end up having Rhodey, Hazmat, and Jessica. The spell is wearing off and they're kind of woozy. Oh my God, I can't do anything. So you end up having Lori L having to react. And, and you could have went one of two ways, I think, with Kelly Thompson here. You could have went where Lori L grabs the hammer, and all of a sudden, the accuser power, it starts singing to her, and oh no, she's been evil all along. And that's not what she does, and that would have been awful. As she ends up where, you end up having Lori L pick up the hammer, and boy, it sings for her, and she ends up looking really cool. She even has a look very similar to Ronan in the facial area. Carol even says that. And so you end up having... You know, L'Oreal now is the accuser, so she has her power, coupled then with Carol, who has Captain Marvel's power. I mean, she's already one of the most powerful characters in the universe, so she doesn't necessarily need to be the accuser to kick Kotati butt. And then you end up then with, you know, Jessica, Hazmat, and Rhodey. They kind of get their senses, and now it's an all-out butt-kicking fest which is pretty cool. And everybody seems to mention, hey, L'Oreal, you look pretty good as the accuser. It really fits you, right? Wink, wink. And so as we do this, you even have like the rainbow powers. It's it's the rainbow brights when they end up attacking together. You end up getting, you know, Power Rangers combined. You end up having all these attacks here that do end up pushing back the Kotati at the Botanical Gardens with a big kaboom. And then you end up with Kit the little girl, cute little girl, she gets saved. She comes out and she loves Carol and Carol loves her, but also she thinks that L'Oreal is the coolest and she comes out. I like when you were punching them like this and punching like that. If you don't have a smile on your face when you see 
her enthusiasm, enthusiasm and how excited she is, even when I like your outfit. Thank you. Yeah. And they're going, then you don't have a soul, I say. You don't. You don't have a soul. You have stolen my dreams. So then you end up with, you know, some talking then. You end up having Carol, hey, you know, what's going on? We're going to have to figure this out. You even have then when, you know, L'Oreal comes over and says, this is your hammer. Here you go. You're the accuser. And... Carol's like, no, 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 I I think that you should be. It fits you better. I have other things. I mean, I like my outfit, blue, red, gold. I I like that more than this, you know, dark green and gray. It doesn't really go with my eyes. Uh, But she says, you're impressive, and, and I think you should be the accuser. You did that really well, but then you end up having L'Oreal kind of mention and remind Carol you still got Empire stuff to do. And and it's funny because it's almost like L'Oreal's like, listen, uh, people have already read issues five and six of Empire, and you, you kind of have to do stuff in those. So I think you should take the hammer for a little bit, think it over, and then if you still end up wanting me to be there, I'll be here for you to do. And she does go off then to finish up the Empire event to go and pretty much with Johnny Storm point their hands and fists at the sun. But with that, too, you also get her have a little smoochy time with Rhodey. That that was pretty cool. Also saying, listen, you have to say hoo-yah. That's our thing, not oorah. Oorah's your thing, but but my, you know, people here, we like the hoorah, so please get with the brand. And they go off, and you have little nice moments with the characters. But you end up having Rhodey, even as Carol goes off, say, hey, so you're the new accuser, huh? And then you have L'Oreal say, perhaps. Well, then we go weeks later, and we kind of end up with that idea. Okay, Wastrel, he's been taken care of. You end up clearing the name of L'Oreal. L'Oreal's the accuser. All of these things going on. She likes it. They're sisters. This is something that really is good for Carol as well, to have a sister that she can talk with and things. Well, they end up going off to their mother's grave and they go and that's the thing l'oreal had never met her and wanted to you know talk at the grave and thank her for you know having me and and doing this giving me the opportunity to meet with my half sister carol and things and even says it's almost like you know carol can take your place and we can do things together and it'll be like she's living through carol you know all that they're a family she wants a family and now she has it same with carol and carol's crying as she hears you know l'oreal saying all this and then there's a nice little moment at the end where they decide carol says you want to go get mom's favorite dinner well what was that donuts like i don't know they they must be cool well they're kind of a breakfast food you know it's it's weird mom would always want breakfast or dinner she'd sneak it in she likes the donuts and then l'oreal says you know, why must food be kept separate in the first place? And then Carol says, you sound just like her. And it ends like that. But it ends with, again, you have Carol's half-sister, the accuser, Lori L., who I hope to see more of. You see Carol kind of reset the deal. You're not the accuser anymore. Empire's taken care of. And we can go on to the next arc, which they do even at the end. Say, next issue, get ready for a brand new arc. Artist Lee Garbert returns for a story. That will take Carol to the very end of her strength. Big action, new characters, old friends. It's going to be a tale for the ages, core. So we'll see. 
what that means and how that is. I, I enjoy this book. It, it's never been on the top of my pull list. It's never been my favorite book each week, but it never really gets me upset. Uh, after the first arc, the first arc kind of was a little iffy, but since then I really have enjoyed it. And I enjoyed this tie in the empire even more. And I think that that goes with it. And we're going to have the aftermath coming up soon. The Avengers aftermath issue, excuse me. And I like that more. And I think that some of these tie-ins with the focus on the characters that, you know, with the regular writers, I've enjoyed a little more than actually the main event. And that goes with this. And with this, the art's great. I would give it a 7.5 total. It's just not a lot happens. You just kind of have to get, okay, we can't. We don't want Carol to be the accuser. So we got L'Oreal. Let's do that. She said all that. So we end up with a nice little reset for Carol, but also having a half-sister accuser is cool. But we're going to go on to the next book, which isn't an Empire book. We're going to save the other Empire book for the end of the section. But we're going to go off now to Magnificent Miss Marvel. And Magnificent Miss Marvel number 14 is an outlaw tie-in. And I have not been that big on the whole outlawed story because I like my young heroes not involved in a teen civil war, right? Okay, this is written by Saladin Ahmed, art by Minkyu Young, ink by Juan Velasco, colors by Ian Herring, and letters by VC's Joe Caramanga. Kamala's life was finally getting back to normal. Her father is recovering from his illness, and she even took the first steps toward a romantic relationship with her longtime friend Bruno, but it couldn't last, could it? She has the luck that I have. That means no luck. Kamala and the champions were serving as protection for a young environmental activist. A young environmental activist? My message is that we'll be watching you. Oh, my. It wasn't Greta, though. It was not. During a scientific summit at Cole's Academic, or, yeah, Academic, it says, at Cole's Academic, when the school was attacked by both a dragon and a group of armed Mercenaries, that, that's pretty crazy, right? That is, the team managed to defeat the dragon, but a series of strategic miscalculations led to a disaster that destroyed half the school with Kamala inside. Kamala was mistaken for an innocent victim of teen vigilanteism and rushed to the hospital. And the Senate passed a law in her honor that banned underage superheroes. Through it all, Kamala remained in a coma, unaware of just how quickly and drastically her world had changed and this whole outlaw deal i said i have not been very big on it but it did end up being kind of cut in half there when you ended up having the shutdown we had the outlaw number one and then we waited a long long time for this issue the miles issue so we're kind of you know months and months past the issue so it hasn't seemed very big when we get to these you're kind of like oh yeah it was that wasn't it and Kamala, it's a big one. She's in a coma. So I was wondering what Salina Med would do with Kamala in a coma. Will she be in the coma very long? You end up having a recap of how she ended up protecting that girl and end up being in the coma. And there she is lying in bed. And you end up with a lot of her, you know, family, friends, things going on. And she did wake up at one point, but then fell back asleep. And it's one of those where, huh? I'm awake, but yet no doctors or nurses come running in. But, uh, oh, the news is on. Oh, super kids cause disaster. Oh, my. I see what's going on. I'm in a coma again. 
And then when she ends up in the coma, she thinks I must be dead because she's there in the, you know, in the Kamala of the mind and being in Kamala heaven. There's all the different versions of her suits, things like that, where you're going to end up seeing through this Saladin Ahmed going through. What what he usually does, see how she feels about family and friends. You see how family and friends feel about her. And I was worried with her in a coma that we were going to get one of those clip shows. You know, you're going to end up where Uncle Phil comes in, yells at the Fresh Prince and says, Hey, Will, you better stop with your nonsense while Carlton is in a coma. And then Will has a gun and he's going to go off and do things. You know, something like that. Have a very special episode here and almost a clip show deal. But you don't. What you end up getting more of, you do end up seeing that Kamala's brother is pissed. He wants to take it to the streets. He's mad at the young heroes side of that. Like, oh, if those champions would have just done their stupid thing and left, or if they weren't even involved, Kamala wouldn't be in a coma. I hate them. You end up then having Bruno show up. You end up having all of her friends show up. Nakia, she's there. Everybody's there. Zoe. And so you're going to get little bits of each where everybody's upset, obviously, with the whole deal going on. And you're seeing almost battle lines being drawn with the whole outlaw deal and who thinks, you know, the young heroes are nonsense and all this not realizing everybody, you know, not everybody knows that Kamala is Miss Marvel. So you end up having that going back and forth. But the thing that sets it a little bit you know, more than just that in my mind is that Saladin Ahmed then uses this to show what Kamala thinks. And Kamala is still feeling guilty that she's keeping the secret of being Miss Marvel from her parents. Uh, at one point they knew it, but then it got taken away by the prince in space. The sexy space prince ended up granting the wish of taking away that whole deal of her parents knowing that she's Miss Marvel, but she feels like, you know, she is lying to her parents, and she is. So that makes her feel bad. She also feels guilty that when Nakia and Zoe show up, she feels guilty that she puts her friends in danger, that they all could get killed just because she's Miss Marvel. And through this all, it's playing out in her mind, showing you know, different things at one point when she's thinking of lying to her parents, she ends up throwing up like space goo and acid nonsense that like she feels sick doing that. Then you end up seeing her friend Zoe get run through with a sword. You have Nakia swallowed by this big giant monster, this purple goo monster. Well, then you end up with that with Bruno coming in and Bruno comes in and is talking about, you know, if you, you I, I don't know if you can hear me. Uh, I really still want to date you, but, you know, maybe it's something that you can't deal with. Maybe we're doing it too fast, something like that. And and, in Kamala's mind, she's thinking about the first time that she met Bruno when they were little kids. And they end up at school meeting and playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where it even looks like the the Ninja Turtles. they, They are social distancing and wearing masks. And they end up playing, having fun. But in this whole deal, it looks like Kamala is very worried that a lifelong friendship can end up going down the tubes by trying to take it to the next level. If it doesn't work out between Kamala and Bruno from that first kiss that Kamala did give Bruno, if that doesn't work out, she may actually lose her best friend and a lifelong friend. And then you end with 
Miles showing up and Miles, you know, filling in Kamala again with this whole deal. Eh, they, they have this this law that's kind of, you know, getting all of our friends. They're not allowed to superhero. They call it Kamala's law because they didn't know you were Miss Marvel. You're in a coma. It's bullcrap. I hope you can hear me, but we need you. We need you, Miss Marvel. And there you have Kamala of the mind thinking about her friends in trouble, her friends maybe needing her more than she thought, and these young heroes having trouble, not just with battles that they will fight, but also about this whole Kamala's Law and Cradle that she is just hearing about and things like that. But she wants to help everybody. She doesn't want to be someone who keeps secrets, put her friends in danger, but she also needs to be Miss Marvel, and she uses her friends and family, as she always does, and Saladina Med picked this up from G. Willow Wilson's original run that the family and friends make her stronger and she does wake up again no nurses or doctors come running in but she wakes up especially she starts ripping wires off you know this would be where yes you'd have a doctor or a nurse show up but Miles is like whoa 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 you, you gotta settle down she gets out of bed pretty much says I'll see you later Miles you can go now and, and kind of like brushes him off and it seems like a real jerk move you can go now, Miles. He's like, what? And she says, thanks for being here, but you can go. These people took my name. There's something I have to do alone. And she's going to have to go and step it up. She's pissed that they are using her name to make sure that her friends aren't allowed to superhero. And you end up having her say goodbye, Miles. And then Miles is like, okay, I'll give you some time. And that's when you have Kamala stand up and say, my mind struggles, my body hurts, but through the pain and the haze, I make a decision to stand up for my friends. And then it says to be continued in Champions number one and Magnificent Miss Marvel number 15. And with all of that, this is an issue that it's good if you are reading this series. If you're reading the series, it gives you what Saladin Ahmed always gives you. Family, friends, all of that all rolled into one to make Kamala the superhero that she is. I I mean, it's crazy to think you have a book where what's going on? You know, I have my my Miss Marvel book. What she's in a coma? I mean, that that must really hit you hard. Eve Ewing, like, yeah, yeah, Kamala's in a coma. Like, my book isn't selling that well already, and you want me to have issues with her in a coma? But I think that he ends up doing a good job. I always like Minky Young's art, so with this, it does go off to Champions Number One, which I'm hoping that I can get into. I had I I wasn't into Jim Sub's runs of Champions. Some people liked it. I did not. Uh, but I do like the idea that we're in a coma, out of a coma. One issue, boom, bam, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am, and let's get going because I want to get back to you know this book being something more than just Kamala of the mind. But with that, I think Salina Med did a good job. I'm going to give it a seven point five out of ten. That seems to be you know the number of the week so far. But that's going to change because I'm going to go up to Empire Aftermath, Avengers number one. All right. And this is Empire Avengers Aftermath number one or Empire Aftermath Avengers number one. It's one of those. I think in my mind, it's more of a, you know, after the fact, you know, Empire after the fact Avengers number one. I'll call it because you end up finding out some pretty cool information after the fact. You end up really setting up our kill, the Skrull Empress, Teddy's grandmother, 
Hulkling's grandmother, uh, you know, as a really good villain after the fact. Uh, you ended up during the main event book, the main Empire event book, which I was not as fond with as a lot of people. You ended up kind of having things, you know, well, I'll, I'll take for granted that that happened. Or, yeah, she's pretty bad because she's doing bad things. But, you know, eh, not really a great villain, not really fleshed out in my mind. This does flesh her out. And I understand that a lot of it couldn't be told in the main Empire book because you were using the book to kind of give twists and turns all over the place. The Katati or the real villain. You end up having, oh, my God, that's our kill. The Empress, Skrull Empress, that's Teddy's grandmother. So you can't just start off the whole event with this because that would end up playing your hand uh, too soon. So having it now, it's still, in my mind, doesn't make a ton of sense, but I understand why. But this is where I read this issue and think, my God, like there are some interesting things to be had here. And yeah. Maybe it's also the Kotati were the kind of X factor that ended up throwing me off because without them really being involved with Empire done, we can kind of go into some interesting things and fill in the blanks, fill in some spaces, the cracks. And that's what I think this does. And right away you go back to the Scroll Empire capital, Tarnax 4, where you end up having Galactus come and destroy it. And with that, you end up having... Our kill talk to her daughter, Hulkling's mother, Anil, saying, "Hey, uh, what's going on, daughter? Now that now that the world's you know being destroyed, maybe we can lay it all out. Let, let's get rid of the lies. Let's just tell each other some truths, shall we?" And you end up having Anil. Well, yes, I think I will. By the way, remember that sexy Marvel, that Cree sexy man? I had a kid with him, and we ended up sending him away. With a nanny, my nanny, sending him through time and space to Earth. And it's the greatest. And he's off doing that. Thank God, because now the whole scroll empire, we're, we're having our home planet die. We're going to die. And you end up having our kill. Like, really? You think I'm going to die here? Because I'm not. I'm going to let you die. Because pretty much your job is done. Your whole, you know, move in this cosmic chess game is already played out. You are expendable. I have bigger ideas of what I'm going to do, and it does really rely on my grandson, your son, Hulkling. And I'll go get him, but hey, I'm going to give you a smooch. You're done. You're a thing of the past. See you later. Smell you later. I'm out. And leaves. So ending up leaving her daughter to die and Teddy's, you know, birth mother to die. Well, you end up then with Hulkling sitting there and in the present saying, All right, well, that kind of sucks, but, you know, that doesn't tell me everything. How did you become Tanulf? How did you become the Kree accuser? I mean, a scroll becoming the Kree accuser, that's crazy. Well, she says, I went and we actually had the real Tanulf. She was captured. And then I had my scientists working on ways that I could use image inducers of the Shire, using a nanoscale of it being mentally controlled, where I could pretty much fake the funk. I could pretend that I was tunneled down to the molecular level, any scan, including the whole universal hammer. It wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And then she pretty much wipes out any existence of this or anybody who knows, including the scientist who ended up doing this and then going back. And saying, yeah, I returned to Howell, and I'm like, hey, look at me. I escaped. I'm Tanulf. I escaped from those stupid scrolls. 
I'm pretty badass, and hey, I want to go, and I'm going to rise through the ranks. And even saying that, with the whole Inhuman takeover, the destruction of Hala, the Kree Civil War, Ronan's death, the Supreme Intelligence defects, a lot of really big crap was going on with the Kree, which did allow her to manipulate things and to rise quickly in the ranks to become the accuser. Again, while we're there in the main Empire book, you're like, okay, well, that's Teddy's grandmother. What the heck happened? How could this? Well, now we see it. And it's pretty good, even if it's just narration, even if it's just a story being told. I did like it. But you end up having, you know, our kill say to her grandson, Hulkling, you should just get rid of Earth. You, you should have let it burn. You should not have stopped the pyre. You know, it's nonsense. Earth is always trouble. It always is. Anybody who's in power knows this, and your friends will turn on you. You will be alone. And Teddy says, I'm not going to be alone. I'll always have some people. And that's where you go and see the wedding. And it's a, you know, more of a wedding for friends now. You end up, then this takes place the day before. So instead of that quick wedding in Vegas, now they're going to have a big wedding on the Cree Scroll flagship. They've invited all their friends and family to watch this. And it's nice. And this is what I wanted. When you ended up having that wedding, hey, we did get married. When you have Wiccan say, oh, by the way, me and Teddy got married. It seemed to me as more of a prop because you ended up having Al Ewing and Dan Slott wanting that connection. When you end up having that wedding, Wiccan says, well, now... It's an official connection. So now I can go find Teddy off panel where he's captured by our kill and put in the brig with the scroll, you know, mass, the inhibitor mass. Well, we'll grab him. And it seemed like more of a prop. And I like this, even though it's still pretty quick, but I do like it. And I just I mentioned this in the other podcast I do for the geek that it's the. I mentioned this in the recap podcast that I do on the Geek vs. Ultimate Alliance Network. If you haven't listened to that, you can go over and listen to that. But I mentioned it quickly that in this scene where you, I love these scenes where you have a wedding or a big get together, where you have all these, you know, characters all around. You look to see who's talking to who and it's kind of funny. People are drunk and the, the rocket's like in the middle and he seems to be talking to no one like he but he's like. Somebody should be there that he's talking to, but he's not. And I think that he is drunk off his raccoon butt. But he's there kind of talking to nobody. But it, I always like these things. I always like seeing it. Everybody's getting along. Uh, while this is going on, you have Cap and Tony get together with Thor's there as well. But there's a funny little bit where Cap starts thinking back. He's like, you know, Tony, we kind of made a mistake with these young Avengers, you know. Wick and Hulkling, all of them they're, they're pretty cool I mean, we should have probably given them more credit Maybe we should have mentored them Trained them, and then Tony busts in Maybe register them And he's laughing And, and Cap just gives him the stare And like, let's not go there, Tony And Tony's like, alright, whatever, I was joking But yeah, you end up having Captain America, Iron Man, Tony Stark And Thor then talking about Marvel. Talking about, you know, the whole deal, original Avengers. Remember back in the day when we did this whole Kree Scroll War? It was great stuff. 
And yeah, they give a toast to him. And that whole deal even continues on with Teddy and Wiccan talking about, yeah, you know, your father would have liked this. I know he would have been proud. There's peace and all that. And you have Carol come over. Yeah, he was pretty cool. You know, that that Marvell was a pretty cool guy. And I think he would have enjoyed that. You do then get a cool deal that goes in with the books at the beginning with the Captain Marvel issue where you have Lori L., the new accuser, come and Neil to Teddy and say, I am your accuser. I hope I'm worthy. I hope you accept all this. And Teddy kind of gets taken aback by all this and like, what is going on with all these people kneeling and all? And it's, you're the emperor now, buddy. You got to do these things. Well, not all is good in the land of the, you know, Marvel here. I, I don't even know where I was getting it. All is not well after Empire because you end up with somebody who is really ticked off and really ticked off at Carol. And that is Abigail Brand who comes in and says, listen, hey, Carol. Why didn't you tell us about that Kotati garden there on the moon? You know, the thing that started all this, the thing that your Avengers buddies really screwed the pooch on and started all this nonsense and got fooled. You you never told us about that. Carol's like, yeah, you know, we were gonna. And I I didn't know that it was important. And Abigail pretty much says, so basically the, the trust that we had with, you know, Alpha Flight and the whole deal, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. I'm out. I quit. I'm done. This is ridiculous. I, you know, you don't want to be serious about this. You don't want to talk. You don't want to keep a full disclosure thing. I'm done. I quit and leaves. And it's funny, too, because as that goes on, it's like one of those things that that having a grievance aired, it's like Festivus having a grievance aired at a wedding like this. That's good luck. Well, you end up having all of this and then they're trying to figure out Tony's, you know, saying it's his fault again, as he was through this whole thing. But you end up with, you know, even Mr. Fantastic saying, hey, uh, I think that this is going to be a brand new world here. I mean, friends that were enemies, all these things going on. And it's funny, too, because as he's saying it, Super Scroll is right behind him. He's like, yeah, buddy, me and you will be friends, aren't we? Well, you're going to find out that not all is going to go well for Super Scroll or Captain Glory. There's still some things that need to be worked out. Also, though, you you end with what I do like, too, because Kate Bishop is there and she ends up calling out to that first issue of Young Avengers when she says, you know, I, I met you guys at a wedding and now here we are at your wedding. This is awesome. and It's a nice moment. And I love the Young Avengers. I love especially the first trade of that book, I think is great. And if you have the Marvel app, if you have the Marvel Unlimited app and never read it, I think you should go and read it. It's really good. But you go back to our kill who says. To Teddy again, you know, your empire will shatter and the last light will dim. You're going to be by yourself. Your allies that you cling to, they will be gone and you'll wish that you listen to me. Well, then you have Teddy go off with Super Scroll and Captain Glory, who, who don't realize that you done messed up, guys. You ended up, especially you have Captain Glory, who ended up finding out about you know, our kill being Tannel didn't say anything, kind of went with it until it kind of switched over. And you have Super Scroll, who I feel bad for because he did end up being duped himself. And I think that maybe Teddy's a little harsh on him, though. What Teddy says is, here's your punishment, guys. You guys are jerks. You guys are always causing trouble. You're always fighting. So instead of that, I'm going to make you 
not get a warrior's death, not even a warrior's punishment. I'm going to make you be diplomats. You're going to be in diplomatic service now to the Kree Scroll Combined Empire. And I thought, okay, that's kind of a neat thing with Super Scroll and Captain Glory doing that. You know, Super Scroll's like, whatever, I, I'll try to do it. And I'll do whatever you say. All right, goes off. But then you have Captain Glory saying, no, I refuse. I don't want to do that. And it was mercy that you ended up having Teddy do this. Hulkling gives them mercy by letting them have that and not getting executed. And Captain Glory says, nope, I'm a soldier of the Kree. I'm a weapon. I'm Gene modded to be a weapon. I'm not anything for peace. If there's peace, I don't even want to be around. And he's almost saying, if you have the Kree and the scroll together, you know, my, my life's over. I have nothing for that. So, you know, just just send me to the penal colony. And Hulkling says, well, if you reject my diplomatic posting, you get a life sentence in the penal stockade. And he probably laughs, penal stockade. I always laugh when I hear that, right? It's funny, <laughs> kind of, I, I guess, right? So you end up then when he's like, all right, well, listen, I'm going to go up to the penal stockade. I can't help it. I, I'm telling you, I, I'm too old to laugh at stuff like that, and I still do. And boom goes the dynamite. But he says, you know where to find me, and you will come get me, because things don't last. Peace never lasts. That's why I'm who I am. That's why I was Gene Modded. And, and, you know, Gene Modded doesn't mean I have Jordache jeans and then they turn into Katano, right? No, it means that I am made for war, and war always comes up. So smell you later. Just get a hold of me when you need me. Don't lose my number. Uh, you call me, and then I'll call you. All that stuff. Well, you do go to the future where you see, yep, he needed him, but it looks like he might be dead. D-E-D, dead, right? Because then you end up having, just like our kill said, everybody moited. And there's Teddy by himself, says, I should have listened. My friends, my allies, the Earth Alpha Flight, all of it, I should have listened. And that's where you end up with Abigail Brand. Kind of pointing towards, all right, I'm there. I'm branding up the X, you know, the X all over here. And we're going to cause a lot of problems. And, yeah, that is the end, the end of Empire. It's Abigail saying, that's why I built something better. Let's go. And it says in the start of what comes next. Now, I I don't need any more events at Marvel right now. We still are waiting for the King in Black. Ten of Swords, I mean, it's one to the other We're hopscotching between all these events And it does get tiresome And I need a little time With just my books Me and my books cuddling together As we're by the fire on a bearskin rug Eating probably clams uh, You know, clams casino That's always good to You know, when you're there by the fire The raging fire, some clams Maybe even, you know, clams on a half shell I hate clams, I I don't like them But That's what we're going to be eating. It's not up to me. I'm not that selfish that I'm going to force, you know, my books to not eat clams when they want to eat clams. But I I just hope it's not one of those where we're like, all right, tennis swords, king and black. And then we have then this, then that, then I I need some time off from these big events. So we'll see what that is. Even maybe it won't even come to be. But I like this issue so much more. Than any of the individual issues I read in the entire Empire main book event. Why is that? Why did it need to be an aftermath issue for me to say, boy, this could have been something? Like, 
Why couldn't they all been as good as this? And it seems as if like once the storytelling for the event needed to be taken care of. And now you kind of just tell like you relax, tell the story. I liked it. I liked it a lot. There's not much in this that I didn't like. I really like the art. All of that. I'm giving it a nine out of ten. And again, that that is the way more positive than any of the actual event books that I ended up reviewing. So it's just a shame because I see there was something and, and maybe I needed some of these cracks to be filled in, but we get them here. I liked it. And so that is definitely of what I talked about, my book of the week. And I think that we're going to stop here with these three books. Like I said, there's going to be hot and heavy. We're, we're going to have a bunch of podcasts in a row. If you see things, oh, I like that book, I like this book, whatever, you know, you can listen to them all, you can listen to a few, you don't have to listen to any. I'm not going to, it's like me and my books. They want clams by the fire. I'm not going to say that that's nonsense. I'm going to, you know, let them have what they want and you can all do what you want. And if you wanted to, you could also go and review, rate our podcast. I rarely say it. I don't like to push people. I feel like I'm being pretentious when I say, you should go over and rate and review the podcast because half the time I think that you're going to go over and rate it bad and then I'll be sad. So, you know, I, I have a little trepidation of, of saying it, but if you would, that'd be fine. That'd be great. Also, again, we have a Twitter account, WS Marvel Comics, where you can go. I'll follow you back. If you follow us, we have a website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where you can go and read reviews if anybody does that. Anybody read anymore? And boom goes the dynamite. I don't know. I have no idea. And also we have a Patreon account where you can support us for all of this nonsense and get a lot more nonsense. And that is over at patreon.com slash weird science, where again, we're going to have two of the bigger books of this week. We're going to have Iron Man number one as a Patreon only spotlight and amazing Spider-Man, the sins of Norman Osborne. Number one as well So if you want to hear those go over there Like I said hot and heavy We'll get all caught up then we'll have the big show On Wednesdays from now on Where we're going to have the newer books Then and a couple more Things like that and then also Me and Brandon doing some stuff together But I'll also have the X-Men show As a separate show still for all you X-Men fans and I will say That when I look at the stats that seems to be The popular show And it was just kind of like thrown in there, but people seem to like that. So thank you. And I appreciate all of the kind words that people have for all of our shows. And thanks. And I will talk to you very, very soon.